With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixNation.com. Okay, a little something different. Um, One, running as a write-in candidate for U.S. Senate from the state of New York. Shocker. Okay. Now, so today's show is going to take a little different twist. Going to try to explain the why behind it. Okay. So, going to move around a lot, but bear with me. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Let's try to, uh, I guess, start at the beginning. The reason FixNation.com got started five years ago is I just got, I'll call it frustrated. Uh, I was Republican all my life. You know, I go toward conservative. I'm more pragmatist. Um, I'm a reality guy. I'm a solutions-based guy. I'm a problem-solving guy. And I just, I got so frustrated with government just simply going down the wrong path, just simply getting bigger. People just completely kicking the can down the road. And I know we hate that phrase, but it also has to be completely true. You can't just put off to tomorrow what you should be dealing with today. That's a reality check. You cannot make decisions today that bury generations moving forward without any kind of recourse. And to me, elections are our recourse. We can talk about all the other checks and balances. The ultimate check and balance in our, in our wonderful country is an election. And I'm going to start national, although that's not the topic of the conversation today. Easy illustration. You have two people. It's a binary choice. You have two people running for president in the election of 2016. You have Donald Trump and you have Hillary Clinton. Okay. There are three facets to these people, these candidates. And then the next step, once you get past those three things, is the reality of it. All right, so let's deal with the three things individually. There's personality, okay, which I don't like that. There is the, um, the policy of it. And I will say there's the, I'll call it the person. Okay, let's, let's kind of start to shave some of these things down. When you deal with someone, the first thing you know is, how do you perceive them? You know, you know she's wooden, she's a clown, he's bombastic, he's, you know, he's offensive, all that kind of good stuff. That's a perception piece, right? Then you get in past that very, very superficial layer. And then you get to what do they what do they do that just from personality standpoint like some some people and I will give Obama a little bit of props on this he has a wonderful charisma now that isn't that he's good or bad on a policy front it's just he's very likable in when he campaigns it's he, he's sellable 
Bill Clinton had that. Ronald Reagan had that. Both Bushes really didn't. McCain didn't. Romney had it a little bit. Jimmy Carter didn't. They, they weren't sellable. These, these weren't people who could just message really well. Obama, and I've said this before, uh, Obama to me is the best campaigner I've ever seen. That's his wheelhouse. On a policy front, I think he's a horrible president. But that's a side note. I think getting into office, best talent I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. Okay. Last piece of it, it's the policy piece. Now, that's really the, what I would call the meat and potatoes. Because the end game of end games, when it comes to people like me and you, we don't really care about someone's personality. And we really don't care about how we perceive them. We will absolutely judge them at the end of the day. How did your presidency affect me and mine? Better off because of what you did. Am I worse off because of what you did? Did you take us toward when I can ha- how I can have a better life? Or did you push me back under me having that better life? It's a pretty simple outcome at the end of it. And I'm going to use a Bill Parcells line a couple of times. One of the things that Bill Parcells was known for is you are what your results say you are. Let's see that one more time. You are what your results say you are. Now, that can help you or it can hurt you. Sometimes you're a horrible personality, but man, you had great results. Therefore, you know what? Hey, nice job. What about your great personality? But you drove us, you know, off a cliff. Did a horrible job. You might be likable. It's not a personal thing. It's on a policy professional basis. You just didn't get it done. You are what your results say you are. And here, and this is no offense, I'm going to insult the voter a little bit. We don't tend to get what I will call uncomfortable enough. And that's the game that gets played, by the way, by the politicians. They do little things that are wrong, but never enough to really get us over the edge. So what we do is, well, four more years, okay. Eh, We'd rather stay with what we know. Why change? Because we are, in fact, creatures of habit. That's human nature. So when you start to slice this, you end up with kind of a, a snapshot. You have the entrenched, elitist, establishment, career politicians. That's a long line, but it's really, really important. They are at the beck and call of people like lobbyists, the upper 1-2%. They, they are all multi-millionaires and billionaires. They are all all playing by rules you and I don't even know exist. They are all never going to have to truly work again. They are all set for life. 
They are all playing by rules that don't apply to us, meaning any decision they make that affects us doesn't affect them. They have their benefits. They have health care. They have pensions. They're salaried for life. Blah, 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 blah. Everything that's good about it is theirs, and everything that's bad is ours. You can't say it any more directly than that. So in the end game, when they have a kick-the-can mentality, a burden-our-future mentality, what is the ultimate recourse for us? The answer is you vote them out of office. The answer is you do something that affects their world. The one thing we cannot capitulate to, the one thing we cannot do, is give in to the election for convenience' sake. You are, in fact, tossing in the towel on America, on hope, on life and liberty itself. Game over if you do that. You need to understand that elections matter, that elections have consequences. We, the voter, hold all the power. That's what they don't want us to ever remember. They want to understand that the turnout and the voter and the media all spins it to a point where they get to keep what is theirs. So let's go back to this national election right now for a second. Everybody is fighting against Trump. Everyone. The Republican establishment bucks and grinds against him. Almost nobody of the Republican establishment stumps for him. The media, by far, is against him, and everything spins against him. Obviously, the Hillary camp is against him. Obviously, the DNC is against him, etc. So everything is against him. Yes, he has huge flaws in his person and his personality. But I'm going to say this. If you can get past the junk for both politicians and just compare policy on policy, you need to understand some really root cause differences because it's critical. Immigration, his stance, Pro-America, protect America, cautiously immigration. She is open borders, families of immigrants first before Americans, and unvetted access into our country by people who could in fact be putting us in harm's way. That's the clearest snapshot I can give you on immigration. And in those two snapshots, there is only one logical choice and only one that is horrifically exposing us to risk. And that's not the president's job, to expose us to risk. Our president 
primary goal should be to keep America safe. To economy, she wants to raise taxes, increase regulation, double down on Obamacare, all of which during a 1.4.9.8% growing GDP last three quarters, after eight years of not growing anything above a 2% number. So let me get this right. You want to do everything to kill an economy at a time when you do everything to grow an economy. He wants to lower taxes for all of us so we have more that is in fact ours to go spend where we need to and get a little relief from that to excite an economy higher which will in fact create jobs and labor wages to grow. That's what you do in economy. He understands that because he's from a business angle. Another little snapshot. You do realize that immigration has opened the floodgates and diluted the labor pool at a very time in the last eight years that we didn't need that labor pool deleted, diluted. Sorry. So now the whole push for minimum wage increase being forced on us by government is the wrong way to go about it. You want to raise the minimum wage, let the markets do it. Cut back on immigration. There you go. Now the labor pool dries up, and guess what? Now you've got you to compete for talent. You've got to compete for that labor force. I can't pay you seven. I'm going to pay you eight. I can't pay you nine. I'll pay you ten. I can't get talent. I'll give you 12. That's how you raise minimum wage. Let the markets do it. But if you keep flooding us with foreign-born, no offense, aren't you kind of creating the problem that you're going to artificially try to solve by burdening business, which you don't allow to grow by putting policies around them to expand? You, expand, you, you understand that, that distinct, oh, I would call it just lunacy. It doesn't work. It's never worked. And the more you force a wage up, the more you actually dilute the middle income bracket. You're compressing. You're eventually just not going to have a middle class. You'll have the haves and have-nots. And you'll have your token job that you get minimum wage for, and now you made a minimum wage job a career job. Good luck with that because now you can't feed your family and have your life, so now you're completely 100% reliant on government benefits forever. And that will be an entrenched generational outcome. And that is, in fact, game over. And we can't let that happen. No one wants that, not truly in their heart of hearts. Because you're going to work really hard to get whatever the government decides you deserve. And that's a really, really dangerous path. But here's the absolute sick twist. Both parties keep growing government. Both. And that was one of my frustrations, because it's not like there's a clear dichotomy, a difference, between the two. Grow some and grow more is still grow. They both want to, quote-unquote, fix things, but they don't want to fix them by dealing with it in radically different ways. They want to deal with things in shades of gray. I got a tip for you. Let's take education as an example. We'll get into this little detail moving forward. But you know, education for the for for my take on it, the system's broken. 
we spend more money than anyone in the world by far. And we're like 25th or 30th in the world in the quality of the outcome of education. Think about the lunacy of that. If you want to pay number one and be number one, I'd get it. If you want to pay number 25 and be number 25, I'd get that. But why would you pay number one and be number 25? Do me a favor. Go buy a brand new car. Spend money for a Ferrari or a Porsche, but drive, you know, a Yugo home. How would you feel about that? You feel like it ripped off, right? But, but I, I paid for a Ferrari. Why are you driving this little thing home? Oh, well, you know, just is. What about doing that same car deal year after year after year after year? Lunacy, right? You need to fix the policy piece and the system because it's not about money. Some things are about money. This is one of those that's not. You're putting money in a shredder for all the wrong reasons. Might have good intent behind it, but all the wrong reasons. But both parties won't address this. It's time for change. And that change is, in fact, 2016. And we kind of need to embrace some of this for what it is and understand the reality that comes after the policies. Let's pretend for a split second that Hillary were to get elected, right? She has, in fact, a Republican Senate and Congress. Unless something earth-shattering happens, she will, in fact, inherit that. Her policies will not get passed. Will not. She will become Obama and will have gridlock moving forward. And once again, this country dies because of gridlock. We can't get things done that we radically need done. And we just keep poning up the same crap moving forward. They don't lose. They keep getting paid. They don't lose. They'll have their benefits. They don't lose. They'll still have their health care. We get stuck with the check of the burden that they don't do their jobs. Can't blame Hillary or Congress. You kind of have to blame the establishment elites that are. We need a change. We need fresh ideas, and we need a fresh approach. And we definitely need some fresh names in that mix. Okay. So I happen to be from New York. I'm not from here originally, but I've been here more than half my life. I am absolutely New Yorker. I love this state. We have so much to love and so much to be proud of. But here's some of the lunacy that I just don't get. And it's why I'm, I'm, I'm running for U.S. Senate in the helpless expectation of a protest vote. Why run? Well, we have a U.S. Senator. His name is Chuck Schumer. Never met him. Don't know him. I will never meet him. I will never know him. Why? Because he is the elite of the elite. He has a perfect resume. He has a historical 41 years of government service. He has been an entrenched senator since the 1990s. He's everything about the status quo. He is everything about the media. You read the Federal Election Commission's disclosure forms. It is a who's who of who's donated to his campaign. 
CEOs, COOs, CFOs, chairmen, vice chairmen, owners, broadcasters. It is an endless string. He has raised $20 million. The Republican opponent for him, 150000 Do you think about that? It's not even a race. I wasn't going to do anything. I'm like, well, what's she doing? Nothing. I don't even have commercials on my TV that she's even still in a race. So you get a nomination and then just sit, sit on your couch? That's sad. I've got way too much passion about this country and this state to let it go down in flames without at least a fight. So I did a little research on Chuck Schumer. And I'll, I'll give you an idea of kind of what I came up with. He voted for, this back in the 1990s, to repeal the Glass-Steagall Act, okay, which basically exposed New Yorkers, okay, their bank deposits, to bank investments. Picture it like a wall. This was created back in the 1930s, by the way, after the Depression. It was to prevent banks from ever, ever commingling their funds. You have deposits. And you have investments. You cannot commingle the funds. You are not allowed to. So we had banks, which were deposits, and we had investment banks, which would make investments. So now you, the taxpayer, get to take your money and go to a bank bank, deposit your money, get out bank loan, buy a house, stuff like that. Investment bank is where you want to buy stocks and take your risk. Good luck. But if it goes belly up, guess what? You lose your money, and the company loses its money, and it stops there. That hard wall was removed by the repeal of Glass-Steagall, and one of those people who voted for it, to repeal it, you got it, Chuck Schumer. That started the meltdown of 2008, by the way. He voted for Obamacare. And in case you've missed every single newsflash in the last, oh, I don't know, six years, Obamacare is a complete and utter disaster in every way. It did nothing to address the cost structure or coverage and truly for us. Prices have only gone up. We were not able to, quote, unquote, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. The whole process piece, just think about the offense to the American people that the Democrats led by Obama and Chuck Schumer did to us. The process was, don't read it, just vote it through. Thousands of pages of lack of digestion, no process, no dialogue, strictly an ideologue, partisan decision to capture one-sixth of our economy, say that again, one-sixth of our economy, and hold it hostage to a plan that doesn't work okay it's going to cost us jobs burden business and give new yorkers less choices moving forward his top campaign backers are all big banks and financial why wouldn't they he's done great things for them he's taken no action to help reform or reduce the tax burdens for new yorkers he has taken no action to help reform immigration, to help and protect New Yorkers. He has taken no action to help combat inner-city poverty. He has taken no action 
to reform inequalities inherent in the criminal justice system. He takes most of his campaign money from outside of New York. I found this stunning. And again, go to the Federal Election Commission. They have disclosure forms. It's all public. So I click on it. I read through. Basically, there's two pieces. More than half of his donors for his individual contributions come from outside the state lines, people whose addresses are from all over the place. Ask yourself a simple question. Why the hell are people in Mississippi giving him money here or Florida or California or wherever it's from? Shouldn't New Yorkers decide about New York? Shouldn't the money here dictate the results here? Who's he beholden to if his money comes from outside the state? Gets worse, by the way. There's another section. I want to say it's a committee line. And if you look at that donor, when I read uh, the list, there were 187 donors on that line. Twelve of 187 came from the state of New York, were addressed from the state of New York. Now, what you think about that? Twelve of 187 were in New York. We're talking 90-plus percent were from outside the state of New York. The guy's not president. The guy doesn't have an international role. His job is to represent the state of New York as best as he can at the federal level. Why is outside money playing that much of a role? Doesn't that bother you? It should. Spent 40-plus years... As a career politician. Now, see, this takes me back to why I'm for term limits for Congress. And I know that's not going to get passed via the Congress. That's going to be an, an outside-the-box way of getting there. But on the premise, people who are there as lifers, people who've never worked in the real world, people who have no skin in the game – why would they make decisions that are best for us? Would you think about that for a minute? I've actually spoken to my congressman. He made a statement. There are people in power that have the power and the solutions to end some of our bigger issues, but they won't do anything about it. Here's the reason. They would immediately not be able to raise as much money to get reelected, and they would immediately lose their voter base because their base would now be content and therefore stay home. So let me get this right. The very people we entrust to solve our problems and to lead us and to make our country better by their presence sabotage us by not doing what's right for the country or the state or the town, whatever you picture it as, their ability. I understand that nobody controls everything, but everybody does in fact control something, most specifically themselves. If you were fighting the fight for 18 years as a senator and banging on the door and nobody would help you and you were banging on the door and banging on the door. I'd get it. Nope. Not a word, not a mention. Votes for Obamacare buries us. Still wants more. 
He doesn't want to ra- lower our taxes. He wants to raise our taxes. You know why? Fits his policy framework. He wants to raise the minimum wage. Of course. It, it gets money to the lower tier. It raises tax revenue, by the way. Okay. It appeases the lower end. And it makes it seem like government is for the little people. It's not. It's just another way of, another way of oppressing people. You want to give people a better way out of poverty? Give them access to better jobs by creating the environment through policy for jobs to be created. Think about it from this framework. When he got elected, Bill Clinton was president, and we had a surplus trillion dollars in debt. One of the Congress people, one of the senators that's been in existence during the entire run of $20 trillion, Senator Chuck Schumer. Someone needs to hold him accountable. Because if you're a New Yorker and you're listening to my voice right now, if you're an American listening to my voice right now, you should be offended that these career politicians damage us irreparably by what they do and then get a pass and get reelected. Ask yourself quite honestly, if you're a New Yorker, what has he done that has made my world better? And if you don't have that answer, you should really not vote for him. And I don't know what Wendy Long has done. The other side deserve your vote. Which brings me to me. I am not a perfect resume. I am not the guy who should be running for Senate. But I'm absolutely going to say it to you this way. You can hear my voice. You can hear my reasoning. You can hear my knowledge on the issues. Chuck Schumer does not deserve your vote. You deserve better. If you're not going to vote for me, vote for anybody else. Vote for Mickey Mouse. But don't pull that lever for Chuck Schumer because you're giving him the benefit of doing nothing and saying it's okay. You need to protest with your vote. You need to walk in when you vote and vote for change. Any kind of change is a heck of a lot better outcome than having no hope moving forward. And I'll go back to the federal level for a split second. You have two options on the table. Hillary's going to give you more of Obama moving forward. She is, in fact, the establishment elite status quo. If you think we're on the right path, America, vote for her. If you don't think, and 75% of America thinks we're on the wrong path, I might add, you need to walk in and vote for change. Any other choice is lunacy. And yes, that's a little bit of a soft attack on, on your, your, your logic, on your courage. You need to be a little upset right now. You need a little uncomfortable right now. Because some Democrats are going to have to walk in and go, man, do I have to vote for her? I mean, I want to vote Democrat, but she doesn't speak for me. We're, I, I don't have a job right now, and I'm a millennial. I don't have a future right now, and I just came out of the military. I don't have a future right now, and I'm a Hispanic, 
you know, an African American. I'm in the inner city, and I'm buried in poverty. I'm, you know, in the criminal justice system, and I have no hope because the system is broken and failed. I have a bad education, can't get a job. I have no hope for a better education because the system's broken. No one's dealing with it. Think about what I just rattled off as being completely true, and then put this gravy or icing on the cake, if you will. And she's going to let people from outside this country who she knows nothing about come into this country and hide among us. If you don't remember 9-11, you really need to remember it now. There are people in this world who want to harm us. That is not any kind of a racist or religious decision. That's a statement of fact. There are people in the world that look to harm us every day. And part of the battle we need from the federal level is to protect us in the smartest way possible. That is their implicit job. You actually have a candidate who has campaigned to not do her job blatantly and let these people get a free pass into our country. I'm not saying let or don't let them in. I am saying if you can't let them in and guarantee our safety, then you are in fact the enemy. And you need to rethink the policy of that. So that is how I came. Let me talk about elitism for a second. To me, elitism is a very quiet oppression on all of us. Now, this is not a Democrat or Republican decision. This is everyone. This is a have-have-nots. This is a power against the base. This is the 1-2% of Wall Street versus the blatant masses of Main Street. Okay, let's take a small step back to the financial piece. Remember Schumer voted, a, you know, to vote down the Glass-Steagall Act? We talked about that. Okay, he also voted in the Dodd-Frank bill. The Dodd-Frank bill is a new, quote-unquote, financial you know, regulation package, which burdens and buries pretty much everything that exists, but specifically, you know, businesses. That being said, that basically is a wall against it's a barrier to new entry in a lot of categories. So basically, the people that already have get a protection, and the people that already have their money get to keep it. And anyone that wants to grow in that American dream, the land of opportunity, now has walls of paperwork to push through. Has Obamacare hang over its head, and God forbid they're too successful. High taxes. You'd be better off opening a company in Mexico and exporting it back to, to America than dealing with all this crap. And yep, yours truly, Senator Chuck Schumer, voted Dodd-Frank. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, but the quiet oppression of the elite establishment, that, that quiet, simple, very, very small minority in our population – keeps all of us down where we need to stay. That would be their take on it. Why do you think middle wage has just, just gotten stagnant? In fact, actually come down in the last 20 years. 
because the middle class is kind of slowly dissipating. But funny how in the last eight years since the Great Recession, who's made a lot of money? Oh, that's right. The banks have. You know, those financial people that back Chuck Schumer. All the major businesses that keep buying back stock with their profits and laying off people in the same span. I want you to think about the lunacy of that. They aren't investing in their companies to build out. They're reducing their companies and buying in. So their profits get higher while their labor gets smaller, while they offshore the jobs to send, it, send the products back here for us to buy. So they want our money. They just want to give us the jobs to give us the money. And therein lies the insanity of no new jobs. We're going to take jobs and spin off for a split second. If you are listening to me, and you are a millennial or a Generation X, you cannot vote for Hillary Clinton or Chuck Schumer. They will guarantee you do not have a job via their policy. That has nothing to do whether she is a woman or not. It has nothing to do even whether she's a Democrat or not. It has nothing to do the fact that she's corrupt or not. It has everything to do with the policies that she speaks of. Everything she mentions come with, comes with the word of investment. That's translation of spending. And right now we're $20 trillion in debt, 13 years away from a bankrupt Social Security. So you'll be paying in and not getting anything, I might add, unless we monetize it, which I think is hysterical, given the fact we'd be Venezuela. Craziness to think you'd vote for someone that literally buries you in an expensive college, won't give you a real job prospect, dilutes the middle class, wants to force minimum wage to be a career position, and, and, and uh, reinforces that by driving it even higher than the markets can tolerate, which will in fact put more strain on businesses, which in fact will have business reduce hiring, which in fact will create less jobs, while they raise taxes, which will reduce jobs and slow the economy. And if you raise taxes and slow jobs, you're going to basically put us in another recession. And since the Fed has been burdened with $4 trillion in debt on their balance sheet, i got a tip for you. They don't have any magic bullets left. They won't raise rates because they've been told not to because they basically work for Obama. So now what? If you're millennial or Gen X, what are your options? Vote for the crazy man with the orange hair? Well, I guess the answer is yes. Because, again, there's the person, there's the personality, and there's the policy. And we have two options that are real on our landscape right now. One is Hillary Clinton, and she is corrupt and wrong. Then we have Donald Trump. And he is hugely flawed, yet right. He might be offensive, but his policies give you hope. And again, I'm going to go back in time. I am not on the Trump train. Never have been. Since day one, I have told you I'm not there. She, on a policy basis, is an absolute epic failure waiting to happen. Every one of her policies over the history of time 
and life have proven out to be wrong for what we need right now. His policies, I would say I'm about 65, 70% in line with and give me hope if he can get that done. But we're going to go take a small step back and remember, there's the person, personality, the policy, but then there's the, the reality, right? I walked through her reality. She couldn't work with the two Republican bodies in the Senate and the Congress. What's he going to end up with, though? He's going to end up with probably a Republican Senate, Republican House. Now, with that three-headed monster, things start to get passed and moving along. Now you get true. In the first 100 days, you could probably fly through and get certain things done. You could get tax reform done, comprehensive. You could get immigration reform done. You could get things like education reform done, energy reform done, criminal justice reform done. These are huge issues we need to deal with. You can make decisions about national security from an alignment standpoint that actually protect us and make us feel better about where we live and work. But that takes courage. It takes voting for someone who you don't completely love, but, and I hate this phrase, the lesser of two evils. But it's worth showing up because there's a lot at stake in this. And the reason I'm running as a writing candidate for New York is because everything that Chuck Schumer has done for New York, literally, has not made our world better. We deserve better, New Yorkers. Don't we deserve lower taxes? Think about what we pay in New York. And now I'm talking to the state level. I'm talking about the burden from the federal government. Own that. You've been there 18 years. You haven't even mentioned or talked about it. Why haven't you done something about education? We're a huge state with a lot of money. We shove it to the federal government. They take a huge chunk out of the bureaucracy level and give us a pittance back. Have you seen property taxes in New York? Have you seen the quality of our education in New York? We deserve better. Can you do something about criminal justice reform? I don't care which side of Blue Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter you happen to fall on, but if you aren't paying attention, we need to deal with criminal justice reform, education reform, inner city poverty in a chunk because they're all connected. And true leaders get that. True leaders would attack that and approach that. True leaders would come up with creative solutions to fix things like this because it matters. Reagan had a wonderful, wonderful line. He was talking, I want to say it was during the 84 re-election bid. And his comment was something like, when I'm in a cabinet meeting or in a meeting with my leaders, I won't allow them. I mandate it. There's no discussion along party lines. We only decide what's good, what's bad for the people. And with a wonderful, wonderful breath of fresh air to hear that and think that. And I remember that. And it's critical. When's the last time do you think that someone like a President Obama has ever put party lines aside and done what's right for the people? My answer is never. 
He's an ideologue. He sees things one way. It's why I've had gridlock for the last six years, and before that, it was a we-against-you mentality, Democrat versus Republican. It's why Hillary Clinton, also an ideologue, will be exactly the same way. She only sees life through a certain lens. The president we need needs to take off a party pin the minute they get elected and represent all of us. No matter which party you work for, you need to take the pin off and represent all people. Your job definition is to stand the middle of the aisle, reach left and pull center, reach right and pull center, and bring all walks of the life together and take the country down a path as a leader. Sell us on why what you believe in works. Get cooperation from the other side because you, people want to work with you. It's what Reagan did with Tip O'Neill. It's what Clinton did with uh, Newt Gingrich. They found common ground and they moved us forward. And that's not capitulation. That's not the same thing. If you're a married person, if you're in any kind of relationship, I got a tip for you. There's no version where you get everything you want out of it and the, the other person gets nothing. No one lives like that. It's a game of give and take. It's what you do. You have to find a way to coexist. Chuck Schumer needs to take off the party pin and remember he represents all of New York, not just the media, not just the one or two percent, but everybody in the state of New York. And it doesn't happen. He's a career politician that doesn't make us better by being there. If he did, I'd shut up and go away. I don't want to be a politician, but I refuse to be silent. I refuse to go silently into that good night. I'm a protest vote. When it comes to November 8th, when it comes to voting, vote for change. Do it for you. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you deserve that? Do you deserve the opportunity for a better life in this country and the state of New York? It should be as resounding yes. You should love yourself and believe in yourself and want better for yourself and for your family and for God's sake, your kids. What kind of life will your kids have when they pay into Social Security that won't be there? when they pay for health care that they can't afford, when they get an education that doesn't allow them to compete, that's sold down the river by a very government who puts them at risk national security-wise and immigration-wise. Does any of this make any sense to you? You should be offended by the establishment leaders that we have. And November 8th, you need to vote for change. If you're not going to vote for me, John Jensen, okay, Vote for anybody, but don't vote for the establishment in New York. Don't vote for Hillary. The country needs you to be stronger, more courageous than that. You need to bring a protest vote to the ballot box. I'd like your vote because you can hear me. I'm serious. I'm passionate. I'm learned. I'm in. And I got a tip for you. I'm one of you. I'm a normal guy. I am not a multi-millionaire billionaire. I'm not even close. I've got a wife and a couple of kids. I've got a mortgage, and I don't do this for me. My lot is sealed. I do it for my kids because my kids will be buried in this state if I let it happen, and I refuse to let it happen. I won't. 
I won't be quiet about it. Someone needs to fight for New York and fight for the U.S. And I'm asking you to do that at the ballot box. Write in John Jensen for U.S. Senate from the state of New York. That's the ask. That's what I need from you. And if you don't believe in me, that's okay. I'm a nobody. Vote for Wendy Long. Vote for Mickey Mouse. But don't vote for Chuck Schumer. Asking for more of the same, which hasn't got us anywhere. He's not going to change your taxes. He's not going to fix education. He wants to spend more money on education. Ask yourself a really simple question. If you spend number one in the world, you get 25th or 30th in the world, how can you even open your mouth that's about money? It has nothing to do with money. It's the efficiency of that money. It's where the money is being applied. The system is broken. I'll say this. My plan, shove education right back to the state's level. Eliminate the federal Department of Education. Make it an advisory panel that gives you know, some advice out to the states. That's a group think tank. But all that bureaucracy money, shove it right back to the state level and let the states decide what's best for them. It used to be that New Yorkers had the best education in the country. We kind of screwed that up, didn't we? But we silently approved it right along with them. We didn't get in its way. Are you a fan of Common Core? Are you a fan of what this brings? Do you truly think education today is better than it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Think about what we pay now what we don't get. It's critical we start thinking differently and making some awkward, uncomfortable choices. And that's what elections are for. You walk in, you step into a, uh, a booth, you pull the curtain, and with a little bit of courage, you vote for the future because that's what's on the line the future of the U.S. and the future of New York. Do you truly think that Chuck Schumer is the future of New York? That a 41-year career politician who hobnobs with the top 1-2% that's never met a camera he didn't like that will give you a soundbite and a, and, a, uh, and a media moment, that's his priorities. He is, in fact, the status quo. Where's that gotten us? Last 20 years, show me one thing that's made our world better because he's been there in 18 years. So your options are pretty limited. Stay home. Well, that's kind of an ostrich technique. Don't you kind of bury your head in the sand? Vote same old, same old. All right, you can do that. But if you expect to get something different, there's Einstein's rule again, definition of insanity doing something over and over, expecting a different result. Or you pick something different, and you roll the dice, and you try. Sometimes trying is a heck of a lot better. Ask yourself something about Trump. What's the worst thing that happens if he gets elected? The Congress reigns him in, the Supreme Court shoots him down, you know, and he becomes the opposite of Obama. He can't do it in the other way. Okay. He's not a perfect answer. I give you that. But he is a different answer. And if you believe that America's on the wrong course, you need to change direction. If you think New York is getting better year after year, vote for Schumer. 
I got a tip for you. Our property taxes keep going up. We keep getting less. We keep having less jobs because regulation at the federal level is too high. We keep having less jobs because Obamacare is oppressive. Obamacare makes us pay more for health insurance, which oppresses all of us. Our taxes are still high at the federal level because no one's taken relief the burden on us. I keep going. At the federal level, he hasn't got it done. So as we watch our state decay from the once greatness it was into the mediocrity that it is, don't you want to take it back? Don't you want to have a better shot for tomorrow? Don't your kids deserve that? Don't you deserve that? And if you're a millennial or a Generation X, I cannot fathom why you would vote any other way. Um, there are a couple things I'm going to put out to you. One is, if you go to at Fix the Nation on Twitter, I have a poll running about voter turnout, whether you think it will be a record high, record low, or anything in between. So please take a moment to jump on at Fix the Nation. You can follow me there if that's something you uh, choose to do. All of my policy issues are posted at fixthenation.com. So if you want to know exactly what my beliefs are, that's all right there in black and white. Not only the topic, but a summation, and then specific bullet points on how I would want to go about solving it. Now, remember something. Personality, policy, and reality. The reality is, is I can't get this all done. But don't you want to have an idea what's in my head and my heart? Read it. You tell me if I'm crazy or not. Give me feedback. There's a feedback link right there. I'd love to hear from you. If you have better ideas, let me know what they are. If you think I'm crazy with some of the ideas that it's bad for New York, convince me why. Write me a letter. Shoot me a soundbite. Send me an article. Educate me. I'm willing to learn. That's what I do all my life. But get informed, number one. So fixnation.com, you can pick up all the information, reality party and the topic. Because um, part of my, my conversation here is, do the, do the Democrats and the Republicans actually truly represent you anymore? And that's for a different day, but that's one of my, my thoughts. Part of me says they've, they've kind of grown away. We've grown away from them. That, that's the reason we have so many independents. We have so, many, so lack of interest at the, the youth level. If you're 18 to 35, who are you really big fan of? Well, not one of those two parties. You're kind of looking for something different. So I draft the reality party platform as a real, true, true choice for a third-party, comprehensive third-party, as opposed to a niche that talks about an issue. It's a comprehensive party. So you can read that. It's there as well. Um, you know, this, it, it's all one and the same. This is kind of where I come from. You know, I'm a pragmatist. I'm a, I'm a solutions-based thinker. It's what I do. Um, I do not have a perfect resume. That's not why you're going to vote for me. Chuck Schumer has a wonderful resume. If you love resumes, if that's what your vote's for, pick him. It's beautiful. It's pristine. But if one guy's going to fight your fight from the grassroots level, that's me. So I'd like you to write in John Jensen for U.S. Senate from the state of New York. I also would like you to try and retweet some of the things that I've put out there. If you believe it, share the link on FixNation.com with a friend you think might enjoy it, you know, enjoy the read. Okay, and this is a publicity stunt, guys. 
This is this is this is for real. I want you to if you, if you if you like it, share it. If you don't like it, move on. That's okay. I'm not trying to you know get you to commit to a cult. That's not it's not about that. I've got a belief in my heart that I need to speak up. I've got a belief in my heart. I've got some solutions that should be heard. I think it's worth fighting for. I hope you do too. So again, my name is John Jensen. I'm running as a writing candidate for the U.S. Senate from the state of New York. I'd like your vote as protest vote against Chuck Schumer. Okay? You know, I don't think he deserves another election bid. I really don't. I don't see it. I don't get it. You know, and I've, I've got pushback from the other side where, you know, oh, he's the next Senate Majority Leader. Now, one, that means Democrats have to take it over. Number two is, okay, but what would that lead to? What kind of leadership would he give us? What would he do? Seriously. He's going to lower your taxes? You're crazy. He loves big government. Has all his life. That's how he makes his money. There's no way he changes his stripes after all these years. He and Hillary are very similar beasts. They're both career politicians that are in it for the power and the money. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you understand that by now? Nothing has proven out the other way. Nothing. And if that doesn't insult you by its very existence, you're not paying attention. You know, and I don't mean to slap you upside the head, but there's a little bit of a reality check in that statement. You need to get involved, you need to read, you know, and you gotta pay attention. If you're just gonna pull a lever some because you know the name, that's tragic. If you're gonna pull a lever some because you've always pulled that lever, that's tragic. If you believe they're the right choice for you, I respect that. I want you to go vote. I want you to have your voice. I will always say that. Just like freedom of expression. I got a tip for you guys. If you're my worst enemy, I want you to have freedom to speak your mind. You're not going to shut me up, but I'm not going to shut you up. I want to hear your voice. We should do it civilly. We shouldn't do riots when we do it. But we absolutely should have the right to be heard. No matter what you have to say, you have the right to express. It's a wonderful free country. Have that freedom. Use it. The right to vote is that freedom of expression. Go use that. But think it through. Is it what's right for you? Is it what's right for your future and family? Is it right for your state or for your country? Don't do it just to do it. That's blindly going through motions. Pull the lever for what's best for you. But be willing to look yourself in the mirror and have the courage of your convictions that you've read about it, thought about it, committed to it, and then go do that. No matter what that is, I can live with that outcome. My challenge to you is I believe that a protest vote is warranted in the election of 2016. So on November 8th, go protest and vote against Chuck Schumer. And hopefully, write me in, John Jensen, for U.S. Senate from the state of New York. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Love to hear feedback. God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.